0: Just when you think you have seen it all, along comes another wonderful round of NRL finals. Lara Pitt, two one-point results. I'm Matt Russell. No Warren Smith again this week, but he's back for a special grand final podcast next week. And sadly, Lara, your St. George of Dragons won't be. In the grand uh, final,
1: there has been some one roller coaster of emotions this weekend. uh, Devastation, heartache, uh, all sorts of things in the pit household. But I think overall the sense is of being proud because that was an unbelievable effort. Yes, we could have won the game, and I feel that's why the heartache and the devastation exists. But. The overall effort was incredible and what a spectacle it was to be there sideline, working on it for Fox League. It's something I'll never forget. We have the headphones on on sideline, which block out so much of the noise. I had to keep one off one ear the whole time just to be able to hear the crowd because, as we know, it changed momentum so many times. And one minute the South fans were on their feet, the next minute the Dragons fans were. But... Let's talk about the two one-point wins. They were incredible. Well,
0: we've had six finals games so far. Five of the six have featured field goals and three of them have been decided by field goals. Quite remarkable. Continuing on with what we thought would happen when we had only two points between Mm. the top eight teams at the end of the regular season. Mm. The closest regular season leading into one of the closest post-seasons. And I had the luxury of having Saturday afternoon off. So Mm. after a quick trip to the Fig Tree Hotel, (laughs) I was in my lounge room... With my boys watching the Sharkies against South Sydney, I couldn't believe the drama at the end. Mm. And I looked like an expert in the eyes of my boys when I said after that late error from the Dragons in terms of not kicking at the end of the set, yeah. I said, Adam Reynolds will kick a field goal here. He's mm. third, they'll win. Mm. Sure enough, that's exactly the way it unfolded.
1: If you're the Storm, if you're the Roosters, you would have spent the last two weeks practicing your field goals, wouldn't you? Based on what you're we've seen so far. You're mad if you don't. Far. But... That's just, isn't that crazy that a whole season can be, come down to that? And at the end of the day, the Dragons obviously didn't have Gareth Whittep in the team. Mm. Um, ben Hunt remarkably hasn't kicked a field goal in his whole career. And mentally, that's got to play on your mind in a big game like that. Um, Damien Cook, after the game, actually told me that Tim Laffey can, can kick field okay. goals. So perhaps if they'd been a little bit more organised, they could have got Laffey in the middle and um, got him to, to, take the, to take the pressure off Ben Hunt. But by the by... Let's start with your game, though, Maddie, because you were at the Sharks v Panthers. You were sidelined for that one, and it looked, for all money, that the that the Sharks were going to win this. And then it's it's we had Anthony Griffin in studio at halftime, going, "Yeah, not worried." at all because they seemed to click into gear in the 68th minute and when the 68th minute came mm. they were well and truly back in this game.
0: They're the best second half team in yeah. the competition Penrith. 18 nil down I did think it was a bridge too far mm. but at 20 all <laughs> I thought they're coming to get them. They've got the momentum back they'll win for here. Quite comfortably. So then to have another twist, mm. which was Cronulla's short kickoff and ultimately mm. the Chad Townsend field goal. I thought it was a remarkable win by a really, really tough team, Cronulla. I was sitting sideline for Fox League, looking to my right, Wade Graham dressed in his civvies, mm. then Paul Gullen with a bung shoulder, Luke Lewis desperately trying to get an slash calf right. Mm. I looked at all that experience and thought, how on earth can the Sharkies win here? Mm-hmm. You know, look who's sitting on the sideline. Mm-hmm. The other teams just come to make it 20-all. Villiammi out is just winding up. Wanga Blake is winding up. Penrith will win, and win relatively comfortably from here. Yet, Cronulla hang tough. Mm-hmm. Are they the toughest team in the comp, the they Sharkies?
1: They to be. And how many other teams fall over at that point this yeah. season when the Panthers are on, and once they get on their roll-on, they usually, as you say, steamroll the opposition in the last 10 minutes. So, for the Sharks, an incredible effort. The big question will be how they recover from such a physically Mm. um, demanding game. And we'll talk about that soon. But, yeah, huge mental uh, strength from the Sharks to withstand that at the end.
0: And I'll jump straight into my player of the round. It Mm. has to be Matt Moylan. Because I love the way that he has embraced playing his former club. He was... Uh, let go by Penrith in a swap deal, maybe it was a bit of Matt wanting out, maybe it was a bit of the club saying, yep, we're happy for you to go. But bottom line is, he has been on the record saying, I want to burn Penrith. I want to beat Penrith this season. He's done it three from three. Mm. And his best three games this year, against Penrith, against Penrith, against Penrith. And uh, he was big again. The ball for Luke Lewis was fantastic. So easy. But defensively, Lara, you know, like we look at Matt Moylan, as a try-assist and and a playmaker, but a tackle one-on-one to stop Isaiah Yeo, when Isaiah Yeo was going to steamroll his way to the in goal. It was fantastic. So Matt Moylan, defensively and in attack, outstanding. He was my player of the round in Mm. in what was a great win by the Sharks. And I think Luke Lewis will be right to play. Mm. So will it be a final game for Luke Lewis or will it be a final game for Billy Slater? There's one element this week Uh, Paul Galen I'm less than certain about. The, The doctor told me, Corked shoulder was the original diagnosis and all of a sudden the other sideline people said "Oh, well he should be right but then subsequently actually straight after full time I said to one of the Sharks officials, corked shoulder no real concerns and they raised their eyebrows and they said oh the doc might be a little bit kind there so straight away I knew it was a bit more serious so I think gals may be longer odds. But if anyone can make it back this weekend, it'll be Paul Gallen.
1: He'd have to be hanging off by a thin thread. <laughs> Your yes. shoulder, you would think, for it not yes. to, to, to keep him out of such a big game. Uh, you talk about Moylan. It was very much billed as Moylan v Maloney. Mm. Um, when you were out there, I mean, we're so used to seeing Maloney look like it doesn't bother him. But that was a big occasion for him. And he caught, he's caught some pretty pretty hard criticism harsh criticism from um, some high high highly respected yeah uh, people um, do you think that was justified and fair
0: no no I don't I, I didn't walk off there thinking uh, Jimmy Maloney was the reason Penrith were beaten here mm. and, and he was trying it just sometimes doesn't go his way mm. you know he was so good the week beforehand mm. Do we expect him always to play like he did against the Warriors? Maybe he should. Maybe that's the status he has at Penrith and in the game. But in my eyes, it was more that Matt Moreland just wanted it and went out there and earned it more than Jimmy was given the latitude to do. Yeah. So I'm not one to jump on the back of Jimmy Maloney. Because yeah. if, if it was not for Jimmy Maloney, Penrith are not playing week two of the finals. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yeah. So I'm not no I'm not getting stuck.
1: What about Nathan Cleary? Were you there sideline? Could you see the emotion yeah. from a number of those young players who you know have come through such a tumultuous back end to the year to get to this point and to have to be ever so close to a prelim, yeah. to see it all slip through your fingers and you could see when um he was spoken to at full time that he didn't he wasn't able to nail a field goal that really hurt him. But at the end of the day, they'd left themselves short by the way they started, as usual, which had been the theme for so long.
0: So clearly Nathan Cleary was blaming himself. He's that sort of bloke. Mm -hmm. He's too good a person. He sticks his hand up and says, I should have slotted that field goal. And you know what? He should have. Mm -hmm. Big-time players in big-time games own the big-time moments, and Nathan couldn't do that. But he would say that. He would tell you, I should have kicked that. And I would just go back to Nathan and say, well, Nathan if it wasn't for your chase, your determined chase, to get to that kick where Valentine Holmes was waiting for it to go dead, the comeback isn't even on. It was you that sparked the comeback. Even though you couldn't quite complete it, that will come, I'm sure, in years down the track. It's
1: got to be a mark of a a young man. He's only 20 years old. That's right. And at the very, very, very beginning, and this year has been such an incredible year, um, it doesn't make it any easier. Because when everyone tells you as a a young player coming through to appreciate every moment in the finals. I always remember Luke Lewis saying, you know, he won a grand final early in his career and then he didn't win another one for Mm. another 10 or so years. So it's you've got to take those moments because you don't know when you're going to get into a big game like that again.
0: And, you know, Nathan will be blaming himself. Mm. But as I say, if it wasn't for his chase, the comeback wouldn't have even been on. And that's Penrith's season, isn't it? Letting opposition get away from the first two rounds, well, they came back to win, but but through the year, I was interested to see that eight times they'd led at half, eight times they'd won from behind at halftime, and eight times they'd won from in front at halftime. Mm-hmm. So, the halftime scoreline is irrelevant when it comes to the Penrith Panthers, yeah. as we saw the other night. But they couldn't get the job done. So, where to now for Penrith? Their first priority has to be the coaching position, yeah, correct? Absolutely. And, and I wonder when we will hear whether it's Cameron Seraldo or someone else, mm. because. From there, do they make
1: any personnel changes? Because, will they just go, well, we'll be better off for the year that we've had, and next year we'll, you know, because we've built to where Mm. we are. Obviously, we don't know. They may lose Tyrone Peachy. It looks like they're supposed to, but um, I don't know. I just feel like, you know what Phil Gould is like? He would have seen that as a missed opportunity on the weekend. So, do they make changes at the top, at the back? It's coaching and then also do they make changes to their team?
0: Oh, I think it's a premiership winning team now. Yeah. I said even, what, eight weeks ago, a couple of months out, this team can win the comp. I liked Penrith a long way through the season to win the comp and I think the mm. fact that they didn't is a failure mm. because, let's face it, they could win the premiership. if And they finish short, it has to mm. be judged a failure. Yes, mm. they've had a really good year with young players to get to the second week of finals, but having observed Penrith this year, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. and And... What happens now to the signature of Nathan Cleary? Um, Tyrone Peachy is going, you'd imagine. There was even a question mark over Jimmy Maloney. But Mm. essentially, it's a premiership winning squad. The missing ingredient is a full-time permanent coach. That might or might not be Cameron Seraldo.
1: I have question marks over where James Maloney is going to end up. I just feel like there was confusion on... On, on Friday night between who owned the team mm. whether it was Nathan's team or J- James's team and at the beginning of the year it felt like Cleary ran the show then he got injured then Jimmy ran the show so do they work are they the, are they the best option in the halves so I, Maybe, yes, he's still on contract and it'll stay as it is James Maloney, but maybe they'll look for a change in the long term.
0: And see, all are. these questions come yeah. back to what does the new head coach want? Yeah. You can't re-sign players or let players go or, or have a, a shuffle in any way if the incoming head coach doesn't actually want that to happen. So yeah. that's got to be the first priority. Yeah, and and you'd coach. hope for Penrith fans that there is some clarity on that sooner than later. But mm. I want to go back to the game South Sydney-St. George-Ulawarra. <laughs> Post-game, you, you were their sideline. Yeah, what was the uh, mood among the Dragons and the Rabbitohs as they mingled post-game and in the tunnel mm-hmm. afterwards? Because you did some interviews, you would have yeah. seen what a lot of cameras couldn't see. Yeah. Give us your take.
1: Well, the, obviously, I, I've, I actually stayed in my seat for a really long time and, and watched it. In shock. Yeah. It, I was still trying to catch my breath, Maddie, because that last 10 minutes was something that, you know, As a neutral, it would have just been the best thing to watch because you had everything in that final 10 minutes. You had one-on-one strips. You had a penalty. Was it a penalty when um, McInnes threw in into Cam Murray and that was outrageous and, you know, should it have been a penalty to the draft? You know, which way should it have gone? Um, Of course, I know where I thought it should have gone. I'm Um, with you. I'll come back to that. Yeah. So there were all those things happening. Then the Dragons inexplicably don't run it. They run it on the last. and. It was like, oh my gosh, the, the Rabbitohs have got this now. They're, they've got the ball on the halfway line and and how on earth is Adam Reynolds going to miss? He never mm. misses. Mm. Um, so it just felt like, I felt the momentum changing. Um, up 10-2, I wasn't comfortable, confident. I felt like South said come back the week before against the Storm. So, But at full time, my my eyes were all over the place, but I saw the emotion particularly that was on South Sydney. Uh, the players, they came together in a really tight huddle. Um, and, of course, a lot had happened in the 24 hours before around um, front-page p- headlines with Sam Burgess. So I feel like there's a, there was a lot more going on there in that huddle than we'll probably ever know. But the players were really, um, really emotional. Um, you could see, actually, tears in some of their eyes. Mm. So, um, you know, very much a, a pressure-relieving win on so many levels for them. Uh, for the Dragons, they they sat on the ground as, you, as we would have seen for a while but then a lot of them came to the sideline and we know, you know Maddie, all the families are yeah. usually situated right near the tunnel so a lot of them came over. Tarek Sims was on crutches, they were busted, um, they did, They probably if they had gone through to the next week would have had some serious issues mm. in their team um, and Tarek Sims going down definitely didn't help them at the back end of that game but... Uh, the dragons players stayed out for a little while not too long but got back in the sheds pretty quickly um, and the and the Rabideaus, i got to speak to I didn't speak to any of the dragons players but i got to speak to Damien cook um, Adam Reynolds and angus Crichton and and um they were they were relieved in such in such a a different way because uh, as I said of what had happened during the week they were in the sheds with their family got to got to go in there and and celebrate with with their families at the end of the game but um but yeah, I think the the big thing I took out of it was speaking to Adam Reynolds. You know how cool and calm he is. Mm. You know, I'm yeah. like before at the interview, I was like, "How did you just do that? <laughs> like three of three field goals in a major game like that?" And he's just it's like, "Oh, you know, that's just my job." <laughs> so relaxed about that's, that's it. That's Adam. Yeah, yeah, so relaxed about it. and he just wanted to talk about everyone else as rugby league players do. But um yeah, it was unbelievable. And saw Russell Crowe, of course. Um, yeah, it was
0: rusty travelling. He went
1: straight into the Dragon Sheds, actually. Right. Yeah, he made, he parked his kids out the front in the tunnel and said, wait here, boys, I've got to go do okay. something. And he walked into the Dragon Sheds and um, obviously would have shook a few hands and said, well done, And before he went in and celebrated with his team.
0: Nice touch. Yeah. That's absolutely. good. Oh, I'll go through a few of those major elements mm. in the back end of the game, because like you, I spoke to... Vossi this morning, and he was still aghast at what had unfolded in those last few moments. He actually woke up on, on Sunday morning, watched the back end of the game again, and then on the phone this morning he said, oh, I couldn't believe it, an 18-year-old kicking the Dragons in front, yeah. and then a 20-year-old or 21-year-old stripping the ball of Lee Armow and then mm. three field goals from Adam Reynolds. He's called a lot of rugby league, mm. and he struggled to remember such a finish like that. Uh, firstly, the penalty that went to the Dragons, t- that went saw Cam McInnes penalised. Yeah. I actually thought, I can understand why that rule was brought in. If there's a player in the ruck who's on the ground or trying to avoid the ball and you throw it into him, we don't want to see that cynical manoeuvre. But mm. the other day, the South Sydney player was between McKinnis and his mm. target. Mm. So I, I thought that was a rough call on the Dragons.
1: But it's, it's subjective, right? Because yes. the referees decided there that, that he he's done it on purpose. Yeah. So that's a hard one to know because his eyes, if you're coming off where his eyes are and where he's throwing the ball, he didn't throw it down. He threw it on, you know, as if it would be on target towards his player. Uh, But
0: I think you would have, Cam McInnes would have had to alter his normal pass to clearly avoid the South Sydney Rabbitoh. Yeah. So as soon as you're requiring the dummy half to change his pass or thought process, Hmm. then then that's where the penalty should go against the defending team. Yeah. If... If you're on the ground or or able to be avoided without any burden on the dummy half, that's where.
1: If he's laying flat like a pancake, and, that's right. Angus, and uh, remember guess,
0: the Mitch Moses and, pass yeah. earlier on in the season. Yeah, and was, McInnes
1: throws it down into his back. then That's, that's right. a ridiculous thing to do. But if it's he was on all he was on his um, fours like as yeah. if he was yeah crouched. He was crapped. in the road. Yeah, he was in the way and playing
0: on the mind of the dummy half at the very least, mm. which therefore. I would say, no, sorry, you've got greater obligation to get out of the road. Yeah. So, so a tough call on St George. I just thought Illawarra. it was a
1: really big call in a really big time of the game. Yeah. and Often you you don't see the referees do that. And, but, and whether or not it's right or wrong, it was just such a huge pivotal moment in the game.
0: It was, mm. but still... St George Illawarra can't blame that no, for losing no. because Leeson Armour, who's bound for the Warriors, and he has been fantastic for the Dragons, hasn't he? Leeson Armour, oh,
1: one of the one of the best off the bench. Yeah. You know, when he was coming off the bench, the most destructive players, and you know, fatigue must have been coming into it because how he how he let that happen. The one on one strip with Cam Murray was in that territory was unbelievable.
0: Maybe we shouldn't criticise Leeson Armour. Maybe we should just praise Cam Murray, mm-hmm. who you know that's unbelievable. We've had. 18-year-old Zach Lomax kicking a pressure goal to go ahead by one, and then uh, Cam Murray with that play—that that, that is outstanding—to mm. strip Big Leeson arm I think he's 20.
1: Well, Tyson, had Tyson just done it to at the other end? Yes, he had. It yeah, we would so we'd, yeah, we'd had two. Yeah. So both teams are just were desperate, right? Mm. They're playing for their lives. Yeah. And you come up with those miracle plays. Unbelievable.
0: And then final play with the scores locked and seemingly we're headed towards golden point. Oh. Last play of the game, McInnes at dummy half, passes to DeBellin, who's mm. inside of Ben Hunt. So mm. by the time Hunt gets the ball, he's under pressure from the defensive line. Mm. The kick's going to be difficult. So he says, let's probe further. And they get pinned in their own half. The
1: only thing I could think of is that they didn't communicate. At the time, I was like, maybe they hadn't you know, they hadn't said. You know, or they hadn't heard. It was too loud. But Ben Hunt, after the game, said, "No, we thought we had numbers on, on the outside, on, on the left edge, so we thought we'd run it." And he took full responsibility and said, "I made the call. I made the decision." Well, bad well decision. credit to
0: him, but I wonder whether he's saving his teammates who yeah. had got into first receive when yeah. Ben should have been there. And maybe the owners come back on Ben Hunt to say, "Jack, get out of the road. It's my ball. I'm reefing it upfield. Mm-hmm. We're going to play this which one out from there." Which is what he said. He said, "I should field. have
1: played the percentage game, which is just kick it." long and, yeah. and make them bring it back off their line. That's all he had to do.
0: That's it. And, and the reaction of Paul McGregor said it all. We have had hundreds of shots of coaches in coaches' box this year. That was my favourite. Yeah. It's like they were performing surgery on him without any anaesthetic. He was contorting backwards <laughs> in this... Yeah. Like well, you being... should have
1: seen me. Piggy Riddell was sitting next to me, sideline, doing radio. And the two of us had our hands on our head the whole... like That last 10 minutes, it was like like in fetal position then happy then oh my gosh what's going to happen here we've got it have we got it oh we're going to golden (laughs) point okay golden point oh no it was just the biggest roller coaster i can't imagine what it would be like in that coach's box
0: and there were fans around australia and new zealand who like me were sitting and watching with friends and family Mm. saying adam reynolds will kick a field goal here
1: how good
0: and sure enough Mm. he delivered adam reynolds we haven't touched on your player of the round. Does it come out of the Dragons? It comes out of the Dragons,
1: band? but out of the women's team, actually. Okay. So I was at the Dragons. I was at ANZ Brighton early because yes. the Dragons were in a do-or-die game against the Warriors' uh, women's team. And the Dragons were really disappointing the week before against the Broncos up at Suncorp. They got absolutely smashed. Um, when speaking to their coach during the week, he wasn't as worried about it. He thought they just had a few injuries in the early in the game, which totally upset the apple cart and... But honestly, having done the Warriors game the week before, I thought the Dragons were no hope on Saturday. Uh, I was proven very wrong very early in this game because the Dragons scored two runaway tries and yep. that sort of set the tone for them. They led 12-0 and then went on to win it comfortably in the end. Um, but wh- who we got to see a great game from was um, the Dragons' centre, Jessica Sergis. We've She's already an established name, and I think she'll become an even bigger star now. Uh, she got knocked out in the first game, so she, we didn't get to see a lot of her. But on the weekend, she played the full 60 minutes, and she was just unbelievable. Every time she touched the ball in attack, she was she was dangerous. She was so physical. She was getting into some real push and shove with the, her opposite for the Warriors, um, and she, that was because she was such a handful that the Warriors um, couldn't contain her. And then in defence, she was pulling off these incredible tackles, pulling girls over the sideline to save tries. She scored an unbelievable solo try, um, something yeah. like from Luttrell would do, you know, close to the line, just so strong. She had players all over her, pushed, reached over and put it down. Yeah, um, I
0: saw it. <laughs> she was so
1: good. She was unbelievable. Um Zach, her boyfriend, who, you know, we love the story, you know, both of them playing on the same day, was watching all the other Dragons players were in the sheds warming up and he was the only starter um, in the dugout sitting next to Peter Doust. It was her birthday. She's turned 21, scored a great try. Um, Yeah, so I just think she's the kind of talent, uh, like so many in the comp, that we're going to unearth this season and and beyond. She's only 21. So to think what she can Mm. do for rugby, for women's rugby league in the next decade... Um, such a talent, such a star, could probably nail it in other codes, but we're so lucky to have her.
0: I love the fact you mentioned she was knocked out the weekend before Brisbane's Robinson had a big collision with her and poor old Jess came off second best at 21 years of age. Why am I calling her poor old? But, you know, (laughs) what I'm referring to, really banged up and Mm. comes out with that performance. And, Lara, I watched this game at um, the Fig Tree Hotel. I've been
1: there. Uh, The pub test,
0: (laughs) the pub test, right? As this game is playing and the Dragons are racing away for their tries, there are blokes, women, children yelling out, Go the Dragons! Yeah. And I thought, how good is that? I'm putting it to the pub test. People are buying in. They are watching the NRLW. Yeah. And they're not criticising it. They're not you know, t- talking or demeaning it in any way. Mm-hmm. They are buying in and enjoying it. I, I that think, was a really good sign. Yeah,
1: I don't think there were, there's any part of the games we've seen so far that you could criticise. No. There's been... Um, I think the, probably the first round, we, everyone was sort of figuring out what you know how to play together. Um, but the... The massive improvement after just one game from the Dragons, yeah. you know, shows that they'll get it together and imagine it was a longer competition. It would, you know, they'd, they'd go from strength to strength. So it sets up a huge weekend for the women's game this week. So the Dragons had to win. Otherwise, we would have already known the Warriors and the Broncos play in the grand final on grand final day. So the Broncos are through the grand final. They play the Warriors. If they beat the Warriors, the Dragons-Roosters game becomes really interesting Um but either way, it's still, it's still open and alive. So um, we've, we've got two more games this weekend and then the grand final on grand final day.
0: And this weekend, we start in Melbourne when the Storm play Cronulla in the NRL preliminary final on Saturday at Allianz Stadium. It is Sydney against South Sydney. The Sydney Roosters, obviously, against South Sydney mm-hmm. in the second prelim. Uh, let's talk about some crowds because we are talking about the final NRL game at Allianz Stadium on Saturday mm. night in 1908... Easts and South Sydney were going at it in 2018. They're going to go at it at Allianz Stadium for the final time. Mm. Surely we get 40,000, mm. or do we? Michael Ennis was in here earlier yeah. on, and he was saying, "Come on, fans! If you're serious, get to the game."
1: Mm. Is it a sellout? Well, it's good that it's at Allianz. If it was at ANZ, it wouldn't yeah. get the the numbers that we'd want to see. But um, there's no excuse. Surely there's no excuse. The Roosters obviously will be outnumbered by South Sydney, mm. as you'd expect, but. Absolutely. We should be getting 40,000. The stars on show in this one, uh, there's so many wonderful storylines and they've played such incredible games in the past. I can't imagine not getting a massive crowd. Certainly, they've, they've got no excuse.
0: I want to sell out. And as a promotion, I want fans to be able to take something from Allianz Stadium on the can way out a as a memento. Can you take your spanner, your screwdriver, <laughs> take a chair, take a Is toilet that seat? Is the
1: last game? So it, there's no other sport that, being played it, there. That's
0: it for the, the Okay, annual. Fine. So, so we
1: can go in the shed, steal yeah, a locker, take a
0: chisel, chisel. Yeah. It. You know what I'd take? I'd take one of those 456,000 steps that we have to climb yeah. up to get oh, to the commentary gosh. box.
1: Yeah, take a <laughs> take a window out of that commentary box or
0: something. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, just of course I speak in jest. Please don't go there with your toolbox because yeah, uh, yeah. The, uh, the authority <laughs> might be upset.
1: rioting yeah. to take the chairs the SCG out of the Sports Stadium. Ground
0: Trust might be unhappy with me for <laughs> suggesting that. But it is soon to be rebuilt, Allion Stadium, and um, mm. the stars will be there. Greg Inglis mm. has passed or taken the early plea for the Crusher tackle. He will get a points penalty only. Lara, I don't think that any player goes onto the field to deliberately put an opponent in a crusher position. No one would want that. No, absolutely not. But I do question the fact that during the finals, we have seen a spate of them. And leading up to the finals, we've seen a few of them, haven't we? From Will Chambers to Latrell Mitchell and now Greg Inglis, a couple of others very Mm -hmm. close in there as well. Uh, I would put the Heat... more towards the coaching staff of the respective clubs, from the head coach to the wrestling coach. Nothing happens that the head coach doesn't know about. Mm. And when it comes to your your wrestling and defensive manoeuvres, if you are telling players to do something that even goes near ending up in the crusher tackle, Mm. uh, then you've got to have a good hard look at yourself, don't you? And and, uh, surely this doesn't happen to the amount that it is happening unless the players are being... Coach that way. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think that di- this is not just accidental. These are all very different, though, right? Will Chambers the way he got in position, and and I feel like the Chambers and Latrells actually more similar than yes. than the GI, GI one. Yes, yes. The, the GI one on the weekend, I feel that, and I need to probably see it again a few more times. I feel that the other player that was in the tackle contributed not to where he. Th- th- it's the twisting motion, right? Mm. So when you've got someone down the lower and you're you're wrapping up the top. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's a conscious decision to do the pushing down that we're seeing. I think it's just wrapping up the ball. And maybe when they're being twisted at the bottom, you know, you've you got one player pulling the body one way and you're focusing on the top. So it's, it's just a dangerous thing to, to be yeah. doing. But that, that, I think that's the, the wrestle, isn't it? Doesn't
0: that, that come back to yeah. each club over summer, a directive from the NRL, if you are coaching players to get anywhere near a position mm-hmm. where it's going to end up in a crusher, Uh, Maybe we need to get heavier. Maybe there needs to be a mandatory 200-point penalty. So you're going to miss two games Mm. if you get into a crusher tackle. Now, Mm. the big out here is that often you see a player put in a crusher tackle where it is purely incidental. We saw one in the women's game the other day whereby there was such a throng of players involved around the ball Mm. that it was clearly an accidental crusher position, which Mm. is incidental contact. I'm talking about the crusher that comes from a starting point where players are trying to hold an opposition player up, slow the ruck down and work their way to the ground so they're in control of the ruck. Mm. That's what you want to get rid of. And that starts with the wrestling coaches and their head coaches overseeing that process. Because I know there'll be some old schoolers out there saying, oh, you know, the game will get too soft. Well, is it soft because we don't have punching anymore? Is it soft because we don't have a shoulder charge anymore? No, no. So why can't we get rid of this crusher style tackle. If we don't, then some stage down the track there's going to be a player who's never able to play the game of rugby league again and maybe not able to walk again. We need to get rid of it now and if you just say, oh, it'll just happen every now and then. Well, it will from incidental contact. We don't want it happening because you're coaching players Mm -hmm. to hold or manoeuvre in the ruck whereby it can ultimately end
1: up in a crush. Yeah, well, they're trying to keep them stop them from getting onto their front quickly, as you say, to play the ball and it's as a fan, it's Which, which is also stopping good rugby yeah. league. Quick play yeah. the ball,
0: ball movement, etc, etc, etc. So mm. yeah, get it's rid of it. Let, let, let's, yeah, just another tactic. Let's do what we can. Let's make okay. sure everyone is getting rid of it. Mm. And, uh, but importantly, I don't want to make this a, a, a Greg English bashing mm. exercise. I think they got it right. A grade one mm. was yeah. right, mm. and therefore it's only a points penalty. The only reason Latrell was suspended was because he had carryover yeah. points. So yeah. there you go. Mm. Now, South Sydney against the Sydney Roosters. Sam Burgess will play. It must have been really tough um, for the whole club mm. this weekend when the firestorm erupted around Sam Burgess, not knowing whether he was going to play. There were rumours that he was going to pull out late. Mm. Um, uh, well, the
1: NRL has told me that they gave him that South apparently gave him the option not to play, and he chose to play. I couldn't get confirmation on that. From the Rabbitohs, but as far as the NRL is concerned, they weren't going to step in and say you're not allowed to play because there's an investigation going on. They're confident with the panel that has been put together, which includes Karen Murphy, who's the head of the integrity unit. Um, we understand that investigation is already underway. Uh, the big, the big problem will be is if you know if something wrong has been found to have happened and he gets banned, and you know then he. There'll be fans blowing up, going, well, "Why didn't he? Why was he allowed to play?" You know, last weekend. But th- that's now in the hands of the investigation uh, panel. So it's disappointing that again we're talking about stuff like this. Mm. It just should have been handled properly and correctly by the yeah. club back in May. I think that's the big learning to come out of all of this. Um, uh, there's
0: another learning, Lara. Uh, if you find yourself in this situation as a club and a, a journalist approaches you and asks a very simple question, uh, "Will Sam play?" to give that journalist. A, a terse look and storm off without even speaking to him or her mm. that is out of line and if you're a senior member of a club and you treat someone who asks an innocent harmless uh, respectable um, newsworthy question like that and you can't look them in the eye and speak to them you need to have a really good look at yourself yeah well, and I, South Sydney you know who it is I
1: think that that's probably it just indicates the pressure that everybody feels that they're under we don't they'll yeah. probably think we don't know all the facts and they're all uh, I'd say, rallying behind Sam. Um, mm. And, you know, there's been reports in the story that... ..in the papers today that Sam's seeking legal advice and whether this has all been defamatory and, mm. and you know... So I think that it's a bit of a siege mentality. I think everyone's, um, you know, backing Sam. Not that it's an excuse because as a club, you've still got answer, questions to be answered mm. um, around all of this. And... Uh, and the, the end of the day, they're just it's just hope that they can get this done quickly. Yeah. Because I don't think it needs to drag on. I don't understand when investigations need to take weeks and weeks. You know, the the woman involved is not here apparently, but I don't understand why you can't have a conversation on Skype Mm. or whatever. Get this done. Get it out of the way because it's embarrassing. It's humiliating for everybody. Um, Nobody wants... I don't want to talk about it. No,
0: but let's be devil advocate. A lot of people out there will be saying, oh, hang on. uh, Does the firestorm really fit the crime, you know? if he's guilty of sending a few lewd pictures isn't that something for he and his family to sort out does it really even need to enter the the public domain Mm. why is this even newsworthy i have seen comments along those
1: lines Mm. i feel like it wouldn't have been a firestorm if the club had dealt with it back in may and maybe they didn't take it seriously enough because they didn't have enough information in front of them but Mm. i dare say if the integrity unit got an anonymous email from someone with the explicit nature and the very the detail that we saw in the emails on, on the weekend, um, they probably would have followed it up and taken it more seriously. Even if it, even if it meant the whole thing was rubbish, just you know, put that fire out, make sure there's nothing more to it or, or indeed respect whoever it is on the other end of the email and investigate it.
0: Is it time to have the clubs taken out of it and almost a, a Crime Stoppers number yeah. if you're a member of the rugby league or member of the public and you've got a gr- grievance against someone involved in the NRL that you can go straight to the integrity unit, then you can call up and and lodge a protest or a claim and have someone call you back and investigate without the clubs being involved?
1: Yeah, Almost
0: like a 1-300 number.
1: Up until now, and we had a sit-down chat with Karen Murphy a few weeks ago about integrity matters, and very much the feeling over the last few years is that the clubs and the integrity unit work really well together. Initially, of course, there was that feeling that maybe the clubs weren't going to be honest and upfront until... The integrity unit about everything that was coming across their desk. That's not the case anymore. And often the integrity unit does find out about things first, and go to the club and say, yeah. "Let's work this out." Um, I don't think, from the integrity unit's point of view, it's very often that they learn about things on the front page of the paper anymore. So this has been a rare case where that's okay. happened, um, and and again, it comes back to well, the club's learnt in a really at a in a very costly way that they should have taken that more seriously. Yeah. And and yes, I mean, you can advertise. I'm sure the integrity unit would have an email address that you could get in touch with, but at the end of the day this person has gone to the club. Yeah. And yeah, they probably they probably if they had their time over again would have would have taken it a lot more seriously than they did. I I don't agree necessarily with the way that the media is sort of playing off each other, saying, oh, one paper's been scandalous about it and the other one's taking the classy approach and not mentioning names. But it doesn't matter. If you, if if the paper didn't print the pictures, it's still a story. Mm. If they didn't print the pictures and name names, you, it's still a big story that, that a woman has come out. If she's saying she was harassed, we don't know yet if that's the case. It's either consensual or harassment. That's what needs to be proven right now. Mm. That's a big story, so... It's definitely newsworthy and, yeah, the bigger, the bigger picture is that um, the clubs just should have dealt with it. You can't ignore these things. You can't sweep them under the carpet. You can't... No, no it's just not no. the way it is anymore. Not when people have phones When in this day and age and, and, and she was saying in the email that she had that. Yeah.
0: So if they deal with it, May 26, early June, even if it drags on for a month, they get it sorted by July. And it
1: may never have came to light. And it may have been something that the the, the club and that the player dealt with very privately because there's a lot more to this that, you know, of course the player has to now deal with that, you know, we don't even want, you know, we won't even ever know about.
0: No. Okay, let's leave that there and get back to the footy, which has been outstanding. As I mentioned, uh, five of the six finals have involved field goals. Both games on the weekend came down to a field goal. What's going to happen this weekend? Melbourne against Cronulla. Remembering that the Sharkies have a good record in Melbourne in recent times. Mm. They won down they there each this year and they won down there last year. Mm. This weekend very much is about new and old rivalries because mm. you're right. Melbourne and Cronulla, having sat sideline and called a couple of their games in recent years, you can see straight away there is more feeling between Melbourne and Cronulla then there are other clubs.
1: Mm. I, feel, I feel like we've come to the time. The top four sides are through, you know, as, as it tends to be. But the ones that went the hard way are a little bit busted. They're going to be mm. a little bit tired. Um, that's not to say they won't bring a heap of energy, but it's got to have been a huge advantage for Melbourne to have had the big two-week break heading into this game. You have, you're going, They're going to expand so much energy, Cronulla, going down to Melbourne, mm. being the underdog, but you know, bringing all that, you have to be so physical and and if those guys that we talked about before are under a cloud, even if Gal plays, if he's busted, you have to be so, you know, you have to be at your best to beat Melbourne in Melbourne.
0: And they do get Will Chambers and Nelson Asifah Solomon are back, we'd imagine, but not a lot of footy under the belt mm. over the last few weeks. If you go straight into a prelim final, uh, you know, I wonder, yes, it's good to get them back, obviously, they're great players, but Are they ready to go for a prelim? That's a a question that will be answered Mm. on Friday night. Melbourne in Melbourne, to me, you can't go anywhere else, but Mm. but tip Melbourne. Yeah, Um, I absolutely
1: agree. I I feel like the big question will be what kind of a scoreline we're looking at. I feel like it'll still be a really close game. Um, Interesting to see what team the Melbourne Storm name, whether he keeps Brodie Croft in the halves, whether he... You know, wants a footy player against the sharks, or whether he yep. wants a man manager, half playmaker. Um, but Chad, Chad Townsend, and Matt Moylan, after that performance on the weekend, will have a heap of confidence going yep. into that game.
0: Matty Pryor, fantastic to start yeah. the game as well. Yeah, uh, Luke L-
1: Lewis, like you said, against his yeah. good mate Billy Slater, wouldn't want it to end against him down no. in Melbourne. Um, yeah, and I, we every time I interview. I mean, Wade Graham comes to mind. He'd be dying that he's not playing. Mm. But he says that the Cronulla Sharks know how to beat Melbourne. They have. They know you can't go down there and try and play the way they play or try and match the way Melbourne play. So they have their game plan. They do it every time. They know it troubles them. So they'll have that confidence that, you know, what... You know, we've done it before, so why not again?
0: Andrew Fafita, watch him go mm. this weekend. And uh, just a, a sideline observation. I noticed <laughs> Andrew a couple of times getting up and really revving up Jesse Ramian, who's still relatively young and new to the NRL, wanting him to go looking for the ball and, and run the ball and, and, you know, go to the game, not waiting for the game to come to him. Mm. And I know that the Sharkies hold Jesse Raymond in such high regard. that they're, they're sad to be losing him to Newcastle. Mm. And I just thought to myself... You might be see Jesse Ramian, you know, with a game under his belt now, mm. um, looking for the ball a bit more, encouraged by his teammates. Watch him as an X factor mm. against Melbourne mm. uh, on Friday night. Sid, so Melbourne.
1: I have to go Melbourne. So I'm do I. So, boring, but, but it sounds it? like you're
0: going for two or one point yeah, difference. Yeah, close. Close. We're going to have
1: another two one point games. Mm.
0: I, I fear for the Sharkies because of the fact they're battle weary now. Mm. I wonder whether Melbourne might be able to put a bigger margin on them than. Uh, We've seen in recent weeks, so I'd I'd go Melbourne eight or more in that one. That's my pick. Uh, This one's closer. Roosters, South Sydney. Uh, This one might be my one-point
1: difference. And
0: if a man's going to kick a field goal for your life... Well, uh, you've got two to choose from. I know, I know. Uh, know, (laughs) How can you go past Adam Reynolds... Uh, after his three on the weekend, but for me it's Cooper Cronk. Mm. Yeah, if he someone's would have been kicking for my him up life, all week. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want Cooper. Cooper, can you kick that Steven for my life, please?
1: I do think that Luttrell is a massive out for yeah. them yes. uh, in terms of the, what they bring in attack. He just when he's on, when he's in the team and he's on, they score points. When he's when he's actually not on, they don't score points. Mm. So um, yeah, I think that's. Can't be underestimated and such a shame we don't get to see that match-up. It is, isn't it? And then they've also... Dylan Upper hasn't been playing anyway, but um, Mm. it's another forward missing from their pack. And when you're against the Bunnies pack, who I don't even think played to their absolute best on the weekend against the Dragons. Damian Cook was unbelievable, but I don't even know that the Burgess boys... I think the Dragons pack, they were evenly matched. So um, perhaps they'll have a bigger game this weekend, the South Sydney pack.
0: I'd lean towards the Roosters. They were pre-season favourites. They the were minor premiers. The pressure
1: is 100 on them. Yeah, it
0: is. They are, it they've
1: got to be. That's. It will be a massive failure if they don't win this game through to the grand final.
0: Are you saying that pressure is too much for them, Lara? No.
1: Maybe. <laughs> My brother-in-law's a fan, and it kills me that he that that he's happy because it would have been a Roosters Dragons prelim. So anyway.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, okay, I'm, you're, you're going for South Sydney in that one. Not going for no, them, but you're picking them.
1: I always like to tip the team who knocked my team out of the competition because oh, okay. it makes you feel like better Okay, so yourself. there you go. <laughs> so I might go south.
0: Okay. Well, <laughs> I've got uh, Melbourne playing Sydney in the grand final, Lara. You've got Melbourne playing south Sydney. And this time next week, Warren Smith will be back here and yeah. we will have a grand final preview, preview pod yeah. wrapping up these two prelims. And Woz will be able to scream appropriately at the end of the podcast. You can take me now. I have seen it all.